Welcome to the Cashflow Legends Podcast with your hosts, Nate, Brandon, and Brock. Remember, our insights are not direct financial advice, so consult with your financial team before making any decisions based on the topics discussed in this show. All right, welcome back to Cashflow Legends. You immediately noticed that there is one less handsome face. Brock is actually in some training this week. Cool thing is, Nate, the training that he's in is directly tied to a big piece of what we use when we work with people. It's called the LEAP process, L-E-A-P. He is in Orlando, Florida, uh, getting trained up and poured into, and I'm sure gaining a lot of valuable knowledge that he'll bring back to the podcast. So we're excited about that. We'll talk more about LEAP as we go along. It'll be inevitable because it's a huge piece of everything we do. Um, Quick reminder, if you're getting value from this up front, we always want to encourage you to uh, hit those buttons that help the algorithm get this out to more people, like subscribe, share, those kind of things. And then also um, two little things here. One, we have an email. You can always email us with any questions, cashflowlegends with a Z at gmail.com. And we are going to eventually be working on, I'd say no later than probably Q1, Nate, if we really get on it. Uh, a way for you more ease, an easier way for you to contact us to get connected to us, maybe with a landing page or something like that. I know that's what we're talking about. So today we're going to be talking about something that I hope I know a little bit about, but Nate, why don't you lead us in and tell me what that is? I hope you know something about it. You know, uh, <laughs> as, I, as I'm sitting here and you know, you and I are talking, I, I flash back to that very first live conversation that we did uh-huh. where we went live on Facebook to announce to our friends and family that we had partnered up and started a business together. And uh, it was kind of during the headlights for both of us, a little more more for you than it was for Mm me. But the, the funny thing is we had the camera turned sideways the entire time. And, but it was so far away from us that neither one of us could read anybody's comments that was saying, Hey, turn the camera. So anyways, uh, Today we are <laughs> Today we are talking about you sir this is your story um so to to introduce Brandon a little bit uh we grew up together we've known each other for a long time um Brandon was a middle school principal uh he has four kids just like I do and uh he's one of my best friends uh a business partner that uh, I, I thank the Lord for every day. And so we're just going to kind of dive into his story today. And um, Brandon, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about first, um, what was what really piqued your interest about the infinite banking concept? And I'm sure you'll probably have to build up some context mm-hmm. to all that. Yeah. Uh, I think the best way to start is say something that we say to people often wherever we are in life we've done everything we know to do to get to where we are at that moment and we think it's the best that could have been done and i think that a part of my journey and my wife's leah our journey together because you know once you get married it's a whole it's a whole different beast as far as how you handle finances and mindset and things like that we had done some really good things. Um, I'm an open book 
So I want this to come across as very genuine. So I hope you can hear it in my voice and see it in my face. Uh, this may not be much to most people, but when my wife and I got married, I had just gone through uh, Dave Rams Ramsey Financial Peace University and I was 100% in. And Nate, you know this about me. Once an idea piques my interest, I almost become evangelical about it. Because if I think it can help me, I want all the people I love to know it can help them. Okay. So we went all in. And one of the biggest transitions of going all in, and what I mean by all in is we literally followed all seven of the baby steps like it was uh, almost a religion. Okay. And we did the envelopes. We did the $1,000 emergency fund. We ate rice and beans. We drove beater cars. And we paid off in 46 months with living with my in-laws on a teacher salary and a brand new RN salary, which was probably in 2009. No, no. Yeah. 2007 or eight was probably in the range Nate, of 70, 80 grand a year before taxes. Okay. Um, we were building a house because we had kids on the way and those kind of things life. And I think we paid off, I think it was a hundred, I can't, I don't ever remember the number exactly, but it was over 120 grand in 46 months by following the principles. So basically what that looked like is every dollar that came into our life, priority one was pay off debt. And what was left over after that was rice and beans, driving the beater cars. And when I mean beater cars, I drove a 99 Suburban that had like 150,000 miles on it. By the time I got rid of it, it basically the transmission died on me. Somebody came and picked it up out of my yard and it had close to, I think, 250 or 300,000 miles on it. So you asked what piqued my interest. Well, first of all, I got to go back to go forward a little bit. I had, when Nate and I reconnected, when you and I reconnected, um, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. But the simple gist was, is that we became kind of accountability partners. We started really just saying, how can we be better fathers, you know, husbands, mindset in general. We started reading a lot, sharing what we were learning from reading. And I also gave up alcohol during that time. I got right with Jesus. I gave up alcohol uh, because of the Lord. And it kind of lifted a fog to where I could see things I couldn't see previously. So I knew that discipline was needed to be successful in anything. As a former college athlete, college or high school baseball coach, I knew that was relevant. But I felt like, I've said this before, the Dave Ramsey approach, there was something missing. I was just going to barely make it across the finish line via exhaustion. And just some pieces weren't adding up as Nate and I reconnected as accountability partners. So what piqued my interest and what allowed my interest to be piqued about the infinite banking concept or becoming your own banker, uh, the book written by R. Nelson Nash, was when Nate said, hey, B, read this. If it is at all close to what I think I'm interpreting, we may be on to something here. You and I were already talking about potentially starting a side hustle. That was kind of the words. Yep, there you go. 92 pages that you can reread over and over again. And as you implement it, you get something new from it. I was rereading it this week. Um, so I read it per your, uh, we already trusted each other enough to, if you recommended something to me or vice versa, we were going to do it. And 
you said read it now. So you gave me your Kindle login and I did. And it hurt my brain because it was in many ways counterintuitive to what we learned with Dave Ramsey. Um, so the short version is, is from that point forward, I've spent the last six, seven years, whatever the timeline is, Nate, spending more time truthfully unlearning first to then learn and implement new things. So there's a gist of what piqued my interest is. There's got to be something more than just this. When you think about your stage in life, where you were at when you were kind of introduced to this, like why did that fit so well into where you were in life at that moment? And, and, and why does it make so much sense for you today? That's a really good question. Um, so where we were at that moment is we had zero debt, zero. We were in our, I was in my mid thirties roughly. And Leah had just turned 30. She's quite a bit younger than me, four or five years. And so we, for once, well, back up, we were building a house because immediately you have a family and you're going to add to your family. You got to have a place big enough for them to live. Okay. We couldn't live with our in-laws forever. That would create chaos. So <laughs> immediately I'm like, we're about to buy this house. And at that point it was a $300,000 house roughly to build it 10 years ago. And we're going to have this debt forever. And I can't fathom just paying down this house for the next 20, 30 years of my life and only getting one use of that dollar. Like that was already in the back of my brain. I couldn't articulate it that way then like I can now. But we had some free cash flow. So I think I was primed for if I've done all the things well to get out of debt, there's got to be a better way than just saving in a savings account that's basically going backwards because you pay taxes on the one or two percent. I already recognized in the teacher retirement system that I was not a fan of it, although I couldn't tell you why. I just didn't like this feeling that somebody was going to tell me when I saved for retirement, how I saved for retirement, and the percentage I saved for retirement. And all these rules went along with when I could get access to it. So when I read Becoming Your Own Banker, I'm like, okay, we've got this traditional way of thinking. I've been taught, I've been living, I've been breathing for 15 years because we were maxing out Roth IRAs. Okay. My wife, Leah, had a traditional IRA that we moved from another company another job. She had an IRA, I mean, a 401k that was getting funded with her new job. And I just had a great side-by-side -side example of two very distinct different mindsets. Had the way I had been living, like a T-chart, you know, in kindergarten that we're taught or first grade. And now I had all these potential things to consider and compare against the <laughs> other side of the traditional chart. And my mind started opening up with our conversations we were having, Nate, with us finding mentors who have been doing it for 20 plus years. Okay. That's a key piece. You got to be willing to invest in yourself and get uncomfortable. And I started going, I like this a little better on this side. And that's something I never thought about before than this. So I think that's why I was primed for it. I already had the discipline in place. We already knew we weren't scared to work hard, but there was just something missing and it had to be uh, unboxed or unearthed. So I think that started doing it for us. Yeah. We talk about, uh, how we were in different stages financially whenever we learned about this and came together. You were basically debt-free. I was working through some debt. Mm -hmm. um, I was not driving beater cars. I wasn't driving brand new vehicles, but I wasn't driving a beater car or anything like that. 
one of my favorite things, one of the things I got so excited about for you was when you got your newer to you Tahoe. Uh-huh. It wasn't brand new, yep. but you got a, yep. a, a Tahoe that was new to you. Yep. And um, that was really like the beginning of you starting to implement the infinite banking concept in your life because like you said, the only debt you had was the mortgage. So to you, it didn't really make sense to continue to aggressively pay that down and lock money away inside there as opposed to just starting to do some other things, do some fun things, you know, have, have fun with your money. Uh, money yeah. should be fun. Yep. Yeah. So let me touch on that car thing real quick and the house thing. Cause that, we see this, we get to see this all the time working with people. At first, when I grasped a smidgen of infinite banking and the power that it could create in our life and the benefit because of certainty and control, my ultimate goal originally in Leah's was to pay off the house still. But that, but what becoming your own banker allowed to happen was a much more efficient way to keep pressure on dollars that would benefit us that we could use over and over again. So we did try to, we did start off by trying to pay off a large chunk of the house. And we did that early on. Now, six, seven years later, my mindset has drastically shifted. That's for a whole nother podcast, whole nother conversation. To the vehicle piece, because becoming your own banker references this, how many vehicles are you and I going to buy over our lifetime? That really, that question jumped out at me. Well, when we started, I don't think we had, maybe we did have all four of our kids. I think we did. We did have all our four of our kids. So I'm thinking, not counting me, not counting Leah, how many vehicles are we going to buy for these four kids or be a part of buying? And then I got to really going, hmm, if that financing expense is going to be there forever, cash or going to the bank, what if I can start being in the middle of how those dollars flow to bless my family and bless my kids for these things we're going to have to buy? Unless we're going to go back to the old way of walking everywhere. and We don't live somewhere where we can walk everywhere. I mean, everywhere we go is 20 minutes drive, easy to go to town, to go get groceries. So the cost of a vehicle is going to be there forever. So when I started recognizing that I could be the bank, if you will, through a whole life policy, I started thinking about, like Nelson talks about, what are all the things that we finance till the day we die? Cars, houses, mortgages. And then it started opening my mind up to real estate, investment opportunities, guaranteed cash flow, all these things. That let me just be very transparent. I'm still learning. I'm failing daily. Okay. And we started getting in rooms and around people, Nate, who wanted to teach us and share at a level I'd never experienced before. And so that started opening up our mind to, holy moly, there is so much more out there. So here's what I say about mortgages to people now or cars. Having the ability to pay off a mortgage or a house and choosing not to is much, much different than wishing you could and not being able to. There's a freedom there. You control that aspect. You decide what's important to you because it is behavior and it is what's peace of mind and emotion. So um, now I know no matter what I do, Nate, I told a young man this the other day, at some point or another, there's no worry of whether my house can be paid off or not if somebody decides to. I probably won't because I can continue to use it to benefit my family in other ways. But if my family decides 10, 20, 30 years with the good Lord takes me tomorrow that they want to pay it off, they can't. Yeah, that's that's a lot different mindset than, oh, I've got to pay this off to free up that X number of dollars monthly payment. 
Yeah, you, you started talking about family banking earlier and it reminded me of a couple of things. One is conversations that I've had recently with multiple people where they're like, uh, the idea of family banking is starting to really sink in for them. They're like, okay, mm -hmm. and, and and where where that conversation really started to unfold was around this idea of me just asking them a question. Up until this point in your life, who has been the bank in your life? Well, inevitably, the number one answer is the bank or the credit union has been the bank yeah. in my life. Okay, well, what if you step in and become that for your family? Because people tend to invest in assets. Banks tend to invest in people. People. So, so if we've got people in our lives that we love, that are responsible, those are the best investments that we can make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you start to think through family banking and what that means for us as, as fathers, where we both have four kids, which means 10, 15, 20 years down the road, our kids are probably gonna multiply and they're at least gonna have spouses. So we're gonna have eight people essentially underneath us and without any sort of system in place, all the payments and interest that they would be making would be going to Chase, Wells Fargo, Capital One, Bank of America. With a banking system in place, now the money stays in the family. It goes back to mom and dad, and it continues to cycle. And the, the powerful piece to being the bank for someone in your family is you are keeping them from being subject to the bank's terms. Mm -hmm. Now you want to put them on, you want to put them on an amortization schedule. You, you want them to treat your money like they would treat the bank's money, but Absolutely. they are not, they are not in a situation where now there is a threat to them losing something. So yep. you're keeping them out of the, uh, you know, keeping them away from the, the t bank's terms, you are uh, allowing them to fund their life. You're receiving passive income because they're funding their life. And all the payments that they are making back to the family bank, they will get reimbursed one day because eventually there's going to be a windfall that goes to the kids. Can you imagine? Up until this point in our lives, think about all the money we've spent on houses and cars. Can you imagine if we had been paying that to our parents through family banking and what that would look like for our future? Actually can now, Nate, because I've seen <laughs> it enough. Um, what it would create for our, our parents if we'd have been doing this 20 years ago when we started into adulthood, 2025, 20, I can confidently say that they could have retired much earlier. Absolutely. Like without a doubt. And yep. so there's this thing that we have a conversation about often and, and it enrages some people. Okay. Money is not math and math is not money. Money is just an inanimate object that exhibits our truest desires and wishes and hopes or bad habits and actions that we're not pleased with. It's just a facilitator. So you know, I really like that framing you put there, Nate. 
So here's where a lot of people start justifying, and I'm guilty of it too, why this won't work is because they only know what they know. I was there too. I didn't understand what it really meant to be the bank. So I'm going to give a very simple example we've been using a lot lately without going too too in-depth. There's a basic example we've been using and working with people lately where we show them, hey, you buy a $60,000 vehicle and you choose to finance it through your family bank. All that means is you're borrowing against the cash value in your whole life policy that has a death benefit to reimburse your family when you die. Hopefully you have a trust set up. You can tell the trust how to act. That's all things we can help you with. Okay. Just by financing that vehicle through your family bank and making payments back to your family bank, the way you would have Toyota or Ford Motor Company or whoever financed it. In this simple example, the car note to your family bank is paid off in like 35, 36, 37 months. Okay. As opposed to 60. So somebody goes, well, how does that work? Well, when you control the function and flow of banking, you get the benefits that the bank traditionally was getting. Which what it really means is, is all that interest that the bank used to get from you, you're now keeping in your ecosystem, majority of it. So this is what ends up happening after 60 months, because we're going to continue to make that same monthly payment back to our family banking system for that, you know, 36 months to 60 months, we keep doing it. And it's a $600 a month payment in this example. At the end of 60 months, you have the car paid off and you have the majority of the capital that you started with to use again. Compared to traditional process, which we've all done, where I may have the car paid off, but I no longer have the 60 grand and I got to start all over again. So what Nelson did such a beautiful job describing in the 92 pages of Becoming Your Own Banker was that the need for finance will go on till the day we die. Doesn't matter if you're retired. Doesn't matter if you're a multimillionaire or you're making 100 grand a year. Doesn't matter if you got $500 of cash flow or you got $100,000 of cash flow a month. The need for controlling the flow of money will never end till you die. So a lot of times when we get to interact with people in their 50s, 60s that are right on the cusp of that retirement age, they go, well, this doesn't really make sense for me because I'm about to retire. And we'll always ask them, will you ever stop making deposits till the day you die? Well, no, I'm always going to get money from somewhere. Okay. So would you rather make a deposit into your bank on your side of the street or into my bank across the street? And everybody always says, well, I'm never going to deposit money into your bank if I have my own bank. Well, what are you doing when you go to Chase or Wells Fargo or Bank of America? You're depositing it into their bank. So, Nate, you know I can get on a soapbox on that because it's what we love doing every day. <laughs> but keep going with any, any other thoughts you got. Well, one thing that came to mind when you were saying that is, you know, in its simplest form, the concept of becoming your own banker or being a good banker is just continuing to continuing to practice the process of saving money in a more efficient environment that's available to you. The efficiency is centered around this idea that once we put money into our system, into our banking system, it has constant pressure on those dollars to grow no matter what. 
And then now we've got a place where capital can be held. And when opportunities show up, we have capital we have access to. When emergencies show up, we have capital that we have access to. But we get this question sometimes is like, if I take a, if I borrow money from my banking system, like I still have to pay it back. Well, yeah, because money has to flow no matter what. You know, you're always going to be making payments to someone. You're either going to be making payments to the bank when you finance something traditionally, or you're making payments to yourself in the form of savings for a future purchase. You know, so money's money's got to flow somewhere. It's got to reside somewhere. Um, aside from the way you operate with money in your life, what else has changed? since you were introduced to this concept. I'm going to use Nelson's words because I think they're so on point. And I'm also going to connect it to our mentors, Mike Everett and Chris Bay with Life Success and Legacy Team, who are the original people who just poured into us and still do to teach us this concept that we are original clients of theirs. Nelson refers to something and he refers to it this way. He said, there's the seen and the unseen. Okay, now he's really talking about uh, and on one level, things you can see on a whole life insurance contract and things you can't see. So what I'm talking about is the un- unseen you can't see. Over six years, even though I've failed and I've not gotten it right and I've swung and missed, having this concept as the backbone of what our entire family and businesses do have has continued to strengthen this peace of mind because I now know without a doubt that when I swing and miss or when I take chances and they fail, that I have the certainty that my family will be reimbursed for any ventures I tried to accomplish. And what I mean by that is this, if I am my greatest asset, and if you follow anybody that's uber successful, they will tell you investing in yourself is the best place to, to always start and focus. Now, you and I have learned that on our journey over and over again. Well, if I'm my greatest asset and and a company that's been around for hundreds of years says they will insure me for a maximum amount, 1 million, 2 million, 10 million, 20 million, would it not be asinine for me to push them to the side and go, no, no, I don't want that because I'm going to die. And matching up a guaranteed event of death with a guaranteed event of all of the worth I am insurability wise going back to my loved ones or my trust or my families creates a peace of mind that's hard to describe until you experience it. And then Nate, you start realizing what a privileged asset it is to get approved for maximum insurability coverage through a whole life insurance policy because it's not guaranteed you qualify. It's more likely you can become disabled before dying earlier than expected. So it's the, it's the intangibles peace of mind that I know my family is always going to be taken care of. If the good Lord takes me off this earth earlier than I'm planning certainty and control and the things I'm still learning just so this doesn't seem like it's perfect. Nelson talks about this often. What's the downside of this process? It's human behavior. I still have to fight human behavior, but I know it's going through a much better and much more efficient process than someone else being controlled the flow of my money. So man, I just had a thought and 
for people who are watching, they'll be able to see this. Um, if you'll just have to visualize it if you're listening, but you know, pretty much every one of us have a smartphone. And when you get your phone, your brand new phone, what's the first thing you do? You get a case for it. You protect it. I, it's been a very long time since I've seen somebody walking around without a case on their phone. So it's because there's, there's value there. There's importance to this device. We want to make sure that it's protected. Okay. So what if they sold cases that only covered half of your phone? Would you buy it because it's cheaper? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think anybody would. Mm -hmm. They want full protection. They don't want half the protection. And th that's what most people are doing right now with their life insurance. They are not fully protecting their greatest asset, which is themselves. And if you want to understand more about what that means, we can visit with you and, and teach you exactly what we're talking about. But our philosophy of money flowing through our life today is very different than it used to be used to. We were playing offense with our money. We were just chasing rates of return because that's what we were taught to do. We want to get a good rate of return on our money. Well, today, our philosophy is we want to create the best protection around our greatest assets. And, and thinking through, you know, we're in the middle of football season right now. So you think about uh, from a football perspective, great defense is what gives your offense better opportunities. So if we can create a really great defensive position around our, our lives, around our assets, everything like that, it's going to give our money greater opportunities to grow than it would otherwise. You're never going to buy a phone case that's going to cover half of your phone. So why are you buying life insurance that doesn't cover your entire life? That's exactly right, Nate. And I think you're bringing up a great point there because I want to, I want to really make sure I make this point because I want it to resonate with people who do believe and are implementing Dave Ramsey's process. I would not trade going through that process. Here's what I would say to anyone who's doing that and is at least having their interest peaked for what we're talking about. Being willing to compare two different processes from our experiences and going, I'm not sure if I know if this will work or not, but I'm open to learning something new, is how you grow and become successful faster. And Nelson refers to it as the arrival syndrome and never thinking you've got it all figured out. Always be willing to learn and say, is there something new out there? So if you're willing to learn, we can show you through questions, through processes, how the discipline you're already implementing through the baby steps could just benefit you more efficiently, more effectively, with more certainty and control just by changing, as we call it, the financial physics of how money's flowing through your life. So I, w if, I don't regret anything. Like, that's, that's fool's gold to try to live that way, I think. Um, you, you hopefully learn and you implement and you grow. But if I could go back and go gung-ho for 
Financial Peace University in that process. And I could have had someone working with me through what we teach now. Holy moly, Nate, because over a hundred thousand dollars in less than four years went out of my life forever. And I can put on paper for the number of people what that would have created in my life if I would have kept it in my life and still paid off the debt and probably paid off the debt faster. Because when you are the bank, you're the shareholder, the depositor, the withdrawer, and the term setter, you win more often. Simple as that. Yeah, we want to create scenarios for ourselves where we reduce the probability of failure to as close to zero as possible. And we reduce the number of eroding factors that are in our life that, that, you know, come at us from all kinds of different directions and really, uh, create an environment for us when, when we're dealing with eroding factors that creates an environment for us that doesn't give us to, doesn't give us the ability to fully realize the possibilities fully realize our potential with what we're doing. You know, one thing we talk about is uh, when you factor in taxes and fees on qualified plans and things like that, the numbers look very different. Um, those Nate, things let me touch on that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So one of the reasons I'm so excited about what we've invested in ourselves in, in the past year and improving our process to paint a clearer picture is that now I knew what you just said. I've known it for the last five, six years. I even felt it before then, but now we can show people with numbers, although we don't dive into numbers often because it's not the end all be all, but we can show you with numbers how the person who says, well, Brandon, you're a whole life insurance agent. Don't you make so much money and aren't your commission so high and yada, yada, yada. And I go, yeah, they are. I'm paid very well for something that I do really well, that I live, that Nate lives. But when I can show somebody with numbers, the comparison of what I make one time as a, a uh, insurance agent compared to the fees that go out over somebody's lifetime and a traditional retirement plan and what that advisor gets. And I'm not knocking advisors. We have friends who are advisors who are awesome. Nate, it will make you sick. It's millions compared to a one-time amount we make. And here's some way, a way we counter that often as far as a conversation is, if I can show you, Nate, that a million dollars is going to be brought back into your life that you can use, that benefits you and your family, are you okay if I make a million also? And the answer is always absolutely. Can you make it two? Can you make it five? Yeah, not that we're going to make that, but no. th that's 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 the reality of the way we've got to think through this. It's like if I didn't show up in your life and I didn't bring all this value back to you, then where would you be right now? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what we have to think through. And you know, every person who has gone through our process this year has just been blown away blown away by the experience and the value that they received. Um, we, we hear it often. The gratitude just keeps coming back. Man, I'm so grateful that I know you guys, that I met y'all, that y'all are helping me do this. I, um, we've had many referrals this year from existing clients who have gone through our process, and they're like, man, 
I know so-and-so could benefit from this. And then they send them to us and we start working with them. So, you know, uh, for people who are listening, um, a lot of the things that we say are, are, are theoretical and conceptual, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Like if you would take a step and reach out to us, you would actually get to go through this educational process, this learning process and see exactly what we're talking about. And we can show you with your numbers, what it looks like to implement some of the things that we're talking about. So for anybody who's listening today or watching, I would just encourage you, Hey, reach out to us. Like if, if it costs you $0 just to see what's possible, how soon would you want to learn? Nate, the piece I really like about what you're saying, and I'm going to add a different angle to it is there's that saying out there and I may butcher it, but you'll get the gist, you know, give a man fish and you feed him for a day, teach him to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. So Nate, what you're saying and the process that we take people through now, which has been unbelievable is tied to the leap model. The leap model is where Brock's at training right now with Trent, his dad, and we've been being mentored by both of them really on how to implement. It's been around for 50 years. It's the only patented financial product out there, period. Only one. When you go through that process, first of all, it costs someone absolutely $0 to go through our process. All it costs them is the willingness to gather facts so that input and output can match. The more input you give, the better the output will be. And now you're learning how to fish. You're learning all the rules of fishing and, you know, comparing it to financial physics. You're learning what this bait does, what that bait does, what this rod does, what that rod does, what this boat does, what that boat does. And you get to see right there in front of you how you want to fish. Or if you prefer someone else to fish for you, because that's really the choice you're going to have to make. But you're going to have all of it on the table, recognizing you've done everything that you can do to the best of your ability to this point. And then you're going to have a side-by-side comparison. You may be already knocking it out of the ballpark and there's just a few minor tweaks you decide to make. And that's all the way down to trust and wills, tax mitigation, all these pieces that allow you to, as we say often, keep as much as possible of what you earn so that you can continue to invest and protect in yourself to earn more with what you keep. Because at the end of the day, Here's what we're all typically chasing. Hardly ever do we meet somebody chasing money. If they're only chasing money, they're normally not our ideal client. We meet people chasing freedom of time, ability to pour into their family, ability to live a purpose-driven life where they can help others because of their journey they want to share, ability to write books because they have a message that matters to people, ability to connect with people because they're recovering alcoholics. Whatever it is, but they recognize that money is necessary to be able to do that. And they recognize often that what they've been doing for the past 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years has not allowed them to do that at the level they feel called to do. And when you start really helping people see that they can accomplish their purpose by just better knowledge and use of how to fish, man, there's hardly not anything better, Nate. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. And one, one last thing I'll say about that is, yeah, we're going to teach you how to fish, but we're not going to teach you how to fish and say, hope it works out for you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, you're going to have access to us as lifetime resources and our team. Um, we are coaches. We're not, we're not just life insurance agents. We're coaches. We're going to make sure that you're running the plays correctly. And if you're not running the plays correctly and you need help running the plays, you know, we're going to help you with that. So, um, the last thing I'll say is for anybody who's listening or watching, um, if you've got a question, comment, something like that, you know, post it. If there's a place to post it or shoot us an email at cashflowlegends at gmail.com. We'd be happy to connect with you, answer any questions you have. Um, it's been fun today. Uh, you know, just getting to hear a little bit about Brandon's story. You know, you've heard all three of our stories, kind of our initial stories up to this point, but follow, continuing to follow along in this journey, you're going to get to learn more about us and, and, you know, we'll be able to expand even more on, on our stories and, um, you know, even what we're going through right now. So just want to say thank you all for being here and we'll talk to you later.